with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. And if you think that you're listening to Van Helsink, you're not, because we can't find him tonight yet. So, the moment, it's just the gold standard holding the fort for Ghost Chronicles International. The first, well, it could be a very short two hours. Because coming up in the second hour is Ghost Chronicles, the next generation with the blonde bombshell and possibly New England's own Van Helsing. But meanwhile, we'll press on regardless because we have a special guest tonight joining us all the way from Savannah, Georgia. Or Savannah, because I can't say it properly. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> and one of the great things about what I love about American guests is you ask one question and then I can just chill out because. through their backsides and all got gills because they never stopped talking. So we actually, I'm going to get our guest to introduce herself tonight. It's the lovely Belinda. Sorry, Belinda, Bridget. Hello. You <laughs> liar. My name is Bridget Pitts and I'm from Savannah, Georgia. And I am actually one of the owners of the Witching Hour Ghost Tour Company. And I also like to do paranormal investigations. There so we go. Know each other. See? <laughs> I, you've done a much better job of introducing yourself than Ron or I ever would, because he'd get your name wrong. And... That's right. At least I know my own name. <laughs> yeah. So, Belinda. <laughs> We're going to have to explain that one, aren't we? Oh, my I, goodness. I, I feel I ought to explain it. You have um, to. <laughs> yeah. Because one day, um, when we were in New England... Um, we were driving along and I said to Dylan, a mutual friend of ours, mutual acquaintance of ours, the teller of Curious Tales, will you be calling Belinda tonight? And then I stopped and went, that's not a name, is it? Where the <laughs> hell I got that from? But you've been Belinda ever since, so there we are. <laughs> I'll be Belinda just for you until so, you play your card today. So. All right. So... Tell us a little bit about Witching Our Ghost Source, first of all, while we frantically scrabble about and see if New England's own Van Helsing will join us in the background. Oh, no, that's fine. So I don't care if he doesn't. You want me to go ahead and go? All right. No, No. I want you to stay. I don't care if he doesn't. (laughs) Would you like me to talk then, (laughs) Mr. Parsons? (laughs) Yeah, just just tell us about Witching Our Paranormal History Walking Tours. I've been doing the ghost tours for about three years now, and I'm a local native of Savannah. And we tell you the actual haunted history of Savannah. And of course, you have a lot of ghostly tales, but I usually like the actual historic aspect of why Savannah was established. And we use paranormal equipment and try to see if we can track down the ghost from a lot of the stories, the rumors, the superstition that surrounds a lot of these stories. Um, And sometimes we get a lot of good activity, and we actually have made a lot of ghostly friends along the way. I live downtown, and it is an extremely haunted city that's built on its dead. 
we have what a population if we're talking about locals probably what like 75 to 85,000 and we'll have a few like maybe like 20 non-locals that'll come in but you're probably walking on about 125,000 bodies at least and that's just from what they're aware of but they always find bodies all the time and history Doesn't that get a little bit messy oh it gets a little messy and they do a lot of construction work and they dig in places which uh find a lot of well, what, what i've got to ask why are there so many people buried underneath savannah so the original aspect when savannah was established february 12 1733 james oglethorpe's the founder of savannah and he came here and he had to meet a man named Tomachichi. Now, Tomachichi is the Yamacraw chief of the Low Creek Tribe Nation. And after Tomachichi agreed to having the colonizers come here, he stated that you can build anywhere you want, but as you begin to build across this land, if you come across my ancestors who are buried here, you need to build around them. If you must build in certain locations where my people are buried, you cannot touch the bodies, remove the bodies, and disturb these bodies whatsoever. So this is how it all kind of started. Then eventually, um, where I live downtown, mm -hmm. I'm actually in the original cemetery grounds for the colonizers from 1733 till 1750. There's two plots, and I'm on one of them. <laughs> All right. So hang on. Let me just re so your house apartment is on top of the graveyard. Yep, my actual apartment. And they've mm. struck a few bodies from some of the basements on the surrounding areas, and. Yeah, it's been quite interesting. My front next door neighbor, which is the roadway, that's actually the original Jewish cemetery, and there's thousands in the roadway. So you actually walk and drive over the dead at all times. It's not very respectful, though, is it? No, and so we've we've talked about it, and it's it's so different when you come here. And, of course, I think over the course of time, things have changed so much, and that's even before me and you ever into existence or even our grandparents and so over the course of time people just built wherever they had to and I originally grew up on Tybee Island which is the beach area and mm -hmm. I mean there's a tiny little cemetery plot right in the middle of Memorial Park that I stumbled upon and it was from people who shipwrecked and they were washed up to the shoreline and so they buried them right on there there's so a hole and chuck them in pretty much and then the ones that they couldn't bury, the ones that they couldn't bury, they actually burned a lot of bodies. So, yeah, we're okay. just that makes yeah, that's. Uh, I suppose it's a good way of getting the beach, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> just scatter the ashes around. Well, it's like, in the language actually means salt island, so it means salt. So, I mean, all of this is nothing but native area, and also I can you see why it might be haunted. Hmm? I can see why it might be haunted. Oh, there's a it's lot of it. Like, um, probably, probably a lot of very pissed off dead people. Well, so, what's so going. funny, um, the last three years, right before COVID happened, they started doing a lot of construction work. And so when people come to Savannah, they'll see a lot of construction near Broughton. And where all this is taking place, there's a lot of disturbance because they're having to relay road, relay pipe, and they're trying to fix things. And a lot of pipes, honestly, haven't been changed since, what's the, what, the 50s? And that even goes out to Tybee, where I grew up. And so, of course, they fix a lot of the things, but as they do it, they might stumble upon things. And so they're disturbing this new end. And we'll have tourists that have come on my tour three years prior, 
and when they come back, they're like, the energy is so different here. And I said, oh, I know it's being disturbed and you can feel it. So it, it's spooky in its own aspect, but it's a beautiful area. And I always tell people, at least just come and check it out. You know, it's, it's there's nothing like it. And us locals actually have a joke. It's called a black hole. So Savannah's considered a black hole because you might try to leave, but it always sucks you back in. I've never been. I've, I've been to Georgia a number of times, um, but but never to uh, Savannah. I've uh, been in and out of Atlanta and Marietta because um, I love the southern the southern U.S. states. Um, that that for me they were they were quite reminiscent of the English kind of mentality and culture. I'll let you all talk really funny and drive on the wrong side of the road. If you actually looked at a lot of our architecture here, me and Dylan have actually spoken about it. Um, one of the main big architectures that we had here was William Jay. And he was from Bath, England. And he was in his 20s, very early 20s, just building these massive mansions, these massive architectures. He actually built one of the oldest theaters in the United States in 1818 when he was just 20 years old. And John Wilkes Booth and his brother were actors at the Savannah Theater. And you'll actually look at our architecture and look at Bath England's architecture. And you can see where he inspired a lot of it. But fun fact, apparently he never built anything in Bath England. So he built a lot over here and then he eventually retired and went back home. <laughs> well, there you go. That's, that's the best way. So, I mean, this is Ghost Chronicles International. And although I, you know, we don't have to talk just about ghosts because, you know, no. you have a wide range of interests, according to your social media feed. One of one thing that we have in common in, 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 over and above the ghosts and uh, are guns. Oh, guns. Yeah, well. I do enjoy Because you're allowed to have them over there, aren't you? We're we're not allowed anything more dangerous than crayons. Well, so and I feel like when I do investigations, I have to bring a firearm, you know, especially just down in the south. I have a concealed carry permit. Um, but I have a Springfield XD nine millimeter subcompact, tasers, pepper spray. I bring everything that I need and I actually train in doing that stuff because you have to be a sharp shooter from time to time you know <laughs> sounds like your ghost tours could be a little bit so uh, i mean <laughs> that's not the ghost tours stop it that's not the ghost tours that's just as like... you say is this the first armed <laughs> ghost hunt in the uh, yeah. although although historically speaking of course there was a there were a number of cases in britain where ghost hunters or vigilantes went out well, looking for uh, ghosts that were terrorizing women after after dark and on one occasion a baker returning um in this in, because bakers tend to work all night and then finish in the morning once you know all the bread's done this poor guy's going home he's dressed in white he's covered from head to toe in flour he encounters a group of these vigilantes looking for a ghost <laughs> that sounds like scooby <laughs> and, and they shot him with a blunderbuss Oh God. oh God! And they got away with it as well. They they pleaded that you know in front of the the judge they said that, uh, but we thought it was a ghost, Your Honor. Um, oh, fair enough. Off you go. So then. here here's a good example of like um, where I'm from. So I'm from the South. I'm from the dirty South. No. Nine one two. Never guessed. <laughs> no. No. The one thing that I tell people, um, a good 
like example of when I didn't bring a firearm, when I did an investigation, it was just me and my colleague Aries, and she's a paranormal investigator too. And so we went out to a home and everything was going fine. Our investigation, we were documenting everything. And then we kept getting on the spirit box warning danger. And so it was like, interesting, like what's going on with that? And as we're recording, we live streamed it. And right at the end, we hear screaming. And so we get up and I'm like, well, who's that screaming? And as we walk up, it's the actual owner coming in saying that we have to call the cops. We have to call the cops. There's a man outside who is insane. And he was threatening to shoot up the building where they were living. And it was like. And this was just after Dylan got there, was it? Huh? This was just after Dylan got there. Oh, no, this was before. <laughs> this was before. He would have had a heart attack. I thought you were describing Dylan then. So, you know, it's the one time that I usually tell people I'm more afraid of the living than I am the dead. And you can lock me in a room with um, said demon or, you know, a malevolent spirit or just a grumpy old person. I, I don't mind that. You know, I don't mind it at all. But when it comes to the living, it's so... Um, so real <laughs> and you, you keep using words so like like demon and um malevolent spirit and I'm, I'm kind of detecting here there's there, is there an element of believe belief believer in this oh of and, course so and you also mentioned about the atmosphere and you know how how the energies have changed so for me, so is, there a, like, is there a psychicness too? So a lot of people, they, they know this about me and I don't like labels. It actually makes me very uncomfortable. Um, I have premonitions. Occasionally I've contacted people's loved ones on my tour and it actually happens quite often, but I tell people I don't force it. I don't go looking for it. If it happens, it happens and we'll deal with it right then and there. And I will always pull you to the side. And sometimes it happens in front of guests and we'll take a moment to go off to the side and I'll talk to them. I've done tarot card readings, love doing that. Um, but I'm born and raised here in America, but I have dual citizenship, goes back to Ireland. Um, and on my dad's yeah. side, a little bit of Sicilian in us too. So superstition um, is a huge thing, but spirituality, I'm born and raised Irish Catholic. I believe in a lot of these things. But I've seen a lot since I was four years old. So usually people can't tell me nothing. <laughs> Does that conflict, though, with, with the... Do you find that that conflicts with the use of equipment and the use of science? So I love the science aspect. And for my tours, you know, I unfortunately will be a Debbie Downer when somebody's trying to use a phone. Um, and this little blue light traces on their phone. They're like, look, it's an orb. And when they keep panning, panning the phone back and forth, I'm noticing, well, do you notice the lamppost in the back? That's called a lens reflection. So the light is actually piercing into the phone. And so that's not an orb. But I've actually caught some strange, you know, faces and things like that, which maybe you'd want to look at. Um, but I do understand that there's something called matrixing. But a lot of the times for me, my best experiences will never be captured on camera. And okay. why is that? I'm not sure. But usually I'm not using anything and I'm just going out and I'm trying to experience it with other people. And sometimes we'll use like an Ovulus, K2, Spirit Box. 
dowsing rods, pendulums, anything that you can think of. But usually it's just the basic stuff. And I try to educate people on how to use them, what to do with them, and also to debunk certain things. Because with dowsing rods, you can find water, you can find pipes, and you have to let people know that. But the weird sensation is when you feel somebody actually grabbing onto them, like hands, and they're gripping them, and then they just shoot this electrical energy down your arms. And sometimes that's a little bit of a different sensation. So there's so much, but I'm more fascinated with people that don't have paranormal experiences, to be honest. Like me. Yeah. And I think that they should do a lot of studies comparing both sides of that spectrum. So for the people that don't have paranormal experiences versus the people that do, what's the difference? What kind of personalities are there? What kind of things have happened? Was there any trauma in somebody's life? Was there anything that spiked? Are you you aware of, I mean, I know that you are aware of the Society for Psychical Research. Have you ever looked at some of the, because there have been researchers that have looked at um, the differences between those who have experiences and those who don't that you might find quite interesting so, um, you know in terms of their belief culture culture upbringing uh, well, expectation so i know that you have a book and i've looked at a lot of things when it comes yeah, to it's, it's a really good book actually ghostology <laughs> so with ghostology like a, like i tell people about like the electric girl things like that and how you mm-hmm. had scammers you know but then mm-hmm. you have other people who have these certain like type A and type B personalities. And in Ireland, it's usually an old folklore where they used to call you a skink if you didn't have a paranormal experience when others did. But there's like so many different types of books where um, I'm wanting to learn so much on different types of personalities because I, I usually see them on my tours. And it's quite fascinating when they're very mm-hmm. optimistic, they're very logical, and they want to see it. And yeah, they might crack a joke or two, but they've never had anything happen to them, yet people in their families have all had experiences. It's just so interesting when, why is it everybody but you? And so it's just, I like, I get like the numerous factors when it comes to certain things, but I feel like, I don't know if, um, I saw something where it basically like they would do studies, like, I guess, like putting like um, devices and like try to scan somebody's brain to see if something's going on there. But I don't I don't know your take on all that, like to go deeper into that, to look at well, brain, because we only use a small percentage of our brain. Well, actually, I, I, well, I mean, that's one of the great myths um, is when they've done um, brain scans, we actually use the entirety of our brain we just don't quite yet know what it's all what what it's all doing but we can see from the electrical activity that it is actually doing something just that we're not sure entirely of what it's doing yeah i'm really fascinated with that but i i only know of one uh one attempt um where the brain activity was monitored during a during a paranormal investigation or at a haunted location. I don't know of any. There have been countless lab studies, uh, several of which were done by uh, Dr. Ian Baker. He's now he was at Edinburgh at the time. In fact, that was the basis of his PhD. And um, but whilst we were in Scotland, we availed ourselves of his equipment and connected a member of our team up to um, 
a brain scan, an electroencephalograph, yeah. and um, monitored their brain activity during part of the paranormal investigation. It looked cool anyway. Um, I don't think it produced any exciting results. Um, it's a bit like your midterms, actually. I think give you an update of it if we get the next news flash from Sky, but uh, I think the Republicans are in the lead. <laughs> Which no doubt will please you, being a Southern gal. That's right. Well, are you talking about the Republican aspect of, like, if we're talking about politics, I am such a Debbie Downer, I don't like politics. I know, like, meh. No, we get it spoon-fed to us. We don't care about you, about politics in Britain. That's why our government is in such chaos. But uh, I we, believe we have endless like, news feeds right about, about We're just your... all energy over here. Don't be like us. <laughs> We're all in chaos over here. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We can teach you a thing or two about chaos. I mean, we change prime ministers every, I think we're doing another one next week. Actually. You know, we were, it's, it's crazy. So some of the Americans on my tour were actually bringing that up. They were like, yeah, we were watching about how this woman, she was only in office. For <laughs> and they were like, yeah. it blew our minds. Like, I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. Because, yeah, y'all are yeah, she's all. Our, she's our third female president, uh, prime minister. And, um, yeah, it. I don't want to sound sexist, but we've had three female prime ministers and none of them have really been a great success. Well, neither was more. The last, the last one was particularly <laughs> bad. I mean, she, she managed, she was in power, I think, for 43 days and managed to crash the economy. That's not bad going, is it? She completely well, wrecked our economy in. Nobody's perfect. Just got like fired. He wasn't either. We have Brexit for that, so that was. Oh, Brexit's good. Get out of Europe. <laughs> we don't want to be European. <laughs> you don't want to be European. <laughs> no, God, no. I'm English. We don't want to be European. Well, I'm Irish. So <laughs> I'll just use my passport to go through your country and back to mine very easy. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not far behind you because, I mean, A, I live 30 miles from Ireland. The Republic of Ireland. Um, it's Dublin is my nearest <laughs> capital city. I'm so far west in in Wales, and uh, and on my mother's side, they're all Irish Catholic. So go figure that out. Hey. So there we well, are. So I think I'm actually eligible for an Irish passport too. I honestly think you are. If it's any version of a grandparent or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, I could. Um, I. I, I, in fact, I nearly did just for the hell of it a few years ago, um, well, because I, I spend a long, a lot of time in Ireland, obviously because it's so close, and because I've got a very good working relationship with many of the paranormal groups and teams in the Republic. Um, well, like, uh, well, so you speaking of that, um, if I can back over there in February. Yeah, so I wanted to talk to you about that actually. So I'm Go going right ahead. in February. You're going in February? Yeah, so I'm going in February. So, of course, I got to go through England, then Wales, and oh, then got to go through, Wales through Belfast and everything. But I was wanting to go near the area of, like, Wexford at some point in February. And all right. So go through because I have a lot of family who's all throughout Ireland. And I was going mm -hmm. there for about two and a half weeks. 
Well, which which two and a half weeks are you going to be in the in County Wexford? So looking at that, oh goodness, what were what <laughs> film's going to help me? So we were looking, I think, around the time of like the eleventh through on. So what, for two weeks. Yeah, for two weeks. Damn, you're going to be there while I'm there. Well, that's that's crazy, actually. Although I'm not going to be in County <laughs> Wexford. I do have to travel through County Wexford to County Waterford, next door to the town of New Ross, where I'm uh, speaking at um, a Paracon um, on February 17th or the 18th. I can't remember which is whichever one of those two well, dates is a Saturday. You might have to stop by. You never know. Because oh, hard luck. <laughs> hard luck. Aw. Be nice. Be nice. You could- you could have timed it and missed me. No, because uh, what I'm planning on doing, I want to go to Belfast and then definitely wanting to hit Dublin for maybe like a day or two. Mainly go around like Limerick, like just to see family for a little bit. But other than that, I'm just wanting to like take a first little road trip just around there. Just check things out because I've never really been, you know, my mom. You know, she went and went, gosh, she was there till she was four for a naturalization and then came back here to America. But, yeah, I've never been over there. So, Well, we're going to come up to a break shortly. So we'll talk a little bit about a bit more about Ireland when we come back after the break. But Hmm. it's expedient of me to remind people, because Ron ordinarily would do, that you're listening to Ghost Chronicles, the international edition brought to you by someone or other who I can't remember because that's Ron's job. Um, and our Patreons, so you two can become not just you, Bridget, but anybody listening can also become a Patreon. It's uh, $3 a month, I think, or a week or a day. I can't remember the figures because he's not here to remind me. Um, and that you get access to a load of extra videos and uh, including hopefully a new one, which will be uploaded shortly. And probably the reason why Ron's not here because of the haunted doll, which he disrespected. And he's been suffering ever since. So uh, do stay tuned for more Ghost Chronicles International, the second half of the first half of the two-hour Ghost Chronicles extravaganza and i'm gonna wait and see how the blonde bombshell and kerrigan gets on in the next hour without ron <laughs> no i'll be in bed because it's nearly midnight um or it will be then so um yeah our guest tonight is do you want to tell them who you are again save me the trouble because you have a much nicer voice than me and for me so I'm Bridget. Got one minute. Okay, so I'm Bridget from the <laughs> Paranormal Ghost Tour here in Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> Local native. You should definitely come check us out. But it's and you an have a ghost tour, tour company, which is the Witching Hour Paranormal Ghost Tour. And how did Pete? Perfect. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge.
Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give the awards to the Parrax family. And welcome back to the second half of the first half of the two-hour Ghost Chronicles extravaganza. This is the international edition with your, well, co-host. Yeah. Yeah. The gold standard in go- gold, gold standard in ghost hunting, he said, stammering. That's because right. our, our main host is absent. We think, as far as we as best we can tell, he's been afflicted. By Kitty the Haunted Doll, which is why he's not yet here. Technical issues, I suppose, but he'll be joining us as and when, or maybe not. We just don't know. So me and my lovely guest tonight are holding the fort and talking things paranormal, Ireland, guns, politics, (laughs) and anything else we can rabbit on about just to fill the time slot because he's not here. <laughs> uh, actually, I can just imagine the scene right now because I know what it'll be. It'll be a technical thing. Can't connect to the internet, blah, blah, blah. Or his microphone's not working, blah, that- blah, blah. Or some other disaster that's befallen him. And he'll be frantically running around now trying to get himself on air for the next half hour. Um, but meanwhile, we will continue. And we were talking about Ireland before the break. And like. Most Americans I've met whose parents didn't, um, whose ancestors didn't come over on the Mayflower, um, they're Irish. What is this weird fascination that Americans have with their Irish ancestry? So I can definitely talk to you about that. So like my mother, she's basically an anchor baby. My grandparents come from Ireland. They spoke Gaelic. And the one thing. I've eaten, that- I've eaten garlic. Hey, Gaelic. <laughs> Gaelic. <laughs> Just a language pun there. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, no, the the Scot- one... it's the Scots that talk garlic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they yeah. do. You do. If you have a, if Stephen Scott was on, he would confirm that that um, in Ireland garlic. it's Gaelic oh. and in Scotland it's garlic. 
Well, I understand that. And so it's funny that you actually say that. So now I just feel kind of dumb. But I really don't. Because <laughs> at the end of the day. I'm only kidding. I'm, I'm lying. I'm English. From the South to listen to me because they used to have to pronounce it to people because <laughs> they didn't understand. And so I forget that you're not from here. So for me to tell people how to pronounce it, it's very No, difficult. no, seriously. don't. You don't need to because the English... Um, we have a unique advantage over Americans. And this goes back to our childhood because we were born and brought up and raised on American uh, children's cartoons. Really? So all, yep, Scooby-Doo and Banana Bunch and uh, whatever they were, I can't remember what they were called now, but like uh, the banana, the like- one banana, two banana, three banana, four. Well, Barney yeah. and other things. Oh, and Barney and Sesame Street and all of that sort of American <laughs> TV. We the were mo- brought up on it. And, of course, we watched in the evening, our parents watched Columbo and all the, and, uh, you know, all the American sort of detective canon and all the others that were on. So we are all fluent in understanding Americans. Oh, yeah. But, what is, call me an colonialist. <laughs> but Americans didn't get, don't get very, or didn't get very much British TV. Um, well, I noticed when I started to travel to America, particularly in the South, where I once got away in a bar mm-hmm. for a whole night and $100 by making out I was from Alabama. Well, there you go. And another long story. Because <laughs> um, after... After a while, we can do the the southern accent really quite well. Oh, can you? Let's hear it. No, it takes ages. You've got to actually go and spend, you know, like two or three days in Uh the state. You pick up the accent. But um, anyway, uh, going. but Americans don't. And when the English talk, we talk slowly and quietly. And it really pisses Ron off because he doesn't understand what I'm saying because I talk slowly and quietly whereas so he doesn't understand me but I can understand him and it's the same with Americans we can understand Americans but they struggle to understand the British accent they just think it's really cute and sexy but uh-huh. that's just another thing and have to say <laughs> cup of tea and it's also really good for getting the discretionary staff discounts when you go to Sears or Macy's or one of the big oh, stores God. Because you say, I, I say, I thank you. I, I'm so grateful for your help. And like, there goes the staff discount. In the politest way in the South, bless your heart. <laughs> in fact, your- my English accent has saved my life on that more than one occasion in the States. <laughs> well, it saved my life in, it saved my life in Mississippi. Um, and it got me off a speeding ticket in California. But again, maybe not the right show for those stories either oh all right i'll do the alabama one because we were we were (laughs) were traveling we were traveling between uh somewhere and somewhere else in alabama mobile and we were following the sat nav in the car and we were just slavishly following it because we were on the wrong side of the road and we were in a foreign country 
So, and it had taken us up a dirt track between two highways earlier in the day. So we thought, well, when it said turn left and it was a dirt track, we just turned left following the sat-nav. And we ended up in this yard and there was an old school bus and there was a truck and there was a house and the house had a veranda and standing on the veranda as we tried to turn the car around was a man with a gun. And he, what are you doing on my land? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, we're going to die. I I wound the window. I I say, excuse me, I I wonder if you could help us. We seem to be a bit lost. (laughs) And he went, are you English? Oh, God. (laughs) Well, we went in. We had grits, met Martha, his wife, uh, the kids, um, and after feeding us and entertaining us and not killing us, had a he, good time. he insisted on showing us and leading us to the, the right town where the Super 8 we were staying at was located. Um, and we said afterwards, if we had been, you know, like New Yorkers, it had just shot us. <laughs> but, Wait you from know, around here. <laughs> he was a very nice redneck <laughs> and we told him so yeah you meet a lot I of walks of life in the south you really do so what sort of people come on ghost talks ghost walks and ghost tours oh goodness so we actually get a lot of people from up north and we'll get a lot of and people you don't kill them from... no we just no. uh poke fun you know periodically but uh it's like down in the South, you know, depending on your football team over here, which would be American football for you because, you yeah. know, you guys have soccer. Now, the one thing I say is like, you know, for Alabama, like when you come to Georgia, we always say, oh, you know, roll time. <laughs> like, you know, you'll make a little joke because like. It was all NASCAR in Georgia, in Alabama. Wait, what? Is it the same? It was all NASCAR. Uh, in Alabama, what was it? Is it the same in Georgia? Uh-oh. Oh, here, stop, stop. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, bit off the subject. Dylan didn't believe me when, and I told him to ask you. When we were in Georgia, we went out with Mikey, our driver, uh, and host, and we played mailbox baseball. Oh my god, he told me about that. And Mail- he said, What's mailbox baseball? I said, You have, you have got to get. <laughs> Belinda to take you out and play mailbox baseball. It's the coolest game ever invented. <laughs> I said, then we're all we're all the um all the street signs full of bullet holes. Because they were where we were. <laughs> oh man, I, I know all about them trash cans, about knocking them over. We used to do that on our bikes and stuff, you know, but yeah, like so uh, now you've got to explain to the listeners what mailbox baseball is. So if you're talking about mailbox baseball the way that I know mailbox baseball, um, that's when you take a baseball bat and you smack, <laughs> you smack the mailboxes. But you In can the, from the back of a pickup truck as it's moving. Yeah, and you can also take mailbox uh, trash cans and you can launch them. Oh, we didn't do trash cans. We just did mailboxes from the back of a pickup truck. Yes, yeah, so when you do that, like, you have two different things. We also have tank diving here in the south where you take, like, you soak, like, big, thick paper towel rolls. And you smack them at people. <laughs> 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 you you have so got to take Dylan out 
play to play mailbox baseball. He was blown away when he 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 was telling me how civilized he was, and I was like, <laughs> oh, like clearly your friends know how to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> He wouldn't, he wouldn't believe me when I was telling him. He was like, he was just aghast. He was like, <laughs> what? You're making this this shit up. I said, no, I'm not making any shit up. It's real. I played it. It's <laughs> it's absolutely genuine. And it's fun. You should try it. Oh, God. Anyway, back to the question. What what sort of people um, who, who are the people that come on the, you know, is it, I mean, age range, do sort of um yeah we don't have a limit so what's crazy is like what i've noticed we'll have older people like up in their 80s down to i remember they can't walk very fast can they i mean that must be really like oh it's going to take three hours they're all old well so here's the thing (laughs) about my tours right so i have bad sciatica and so when people are worried about that i'm like no don't worry about it it's literally a thousand steps and everywhere we go we always have seating so if somebody needs to sit when I'm talking and I'm entertaining you, you can always plop and have a seat there. But then we also have like uh, a break at the 1790, which is an extremely old bar built in that time frame. Not not by British standards. Our restaurant. Hmm? Not by British standards. It's not old. No, but for America, because we're still yeah, a baby. Yeah, for America. Yeah, you're a little baby country and we all love we're you. We're a baby country. Yeah. So... I mean, like a lot of times, you're like our little naughty brother. But I remember like the little kids, though. I love when the little kids come on the tours because like I'm always um, interested in if they're nervous or if they're scared or if they have like supernatural stuff. Because like I believe that kids like can tap in very easily to all of this stuff. And I remember we had like a two and a half year old and he was just making some sentences. Right. And we let him walk around Tomachichi's Rock, which is this big boulder where I first start the tour. And he walked around it three times because, you know, apparently Tomachichi will speak to you, which I always said it was an urban legend because um, he's not buried there. I actually show you where he's actually buried in the square. And the little kid did it. And he walks around and he just stands there and looks at me. And I said, so how was it? And in his little baby voice, he goes, Tomachichi said, if we leave. He'll give us a surprise. And I said, huh? And so throughout the tour, he kept saying, do you see him? He's walking with us. And he kept waving at him. And when we went by the cemetery, he was describing people's clothes and they were waving at him. And as he was doing this, we're turning the spirit box on because I'm curious because he's trying to communicate with them. And on the spirit box, it kept saying, happy baby, cute baby, sweet child. And what just spirit kept, box do you use? Just out of curiosity. Honestly, like I use an SB7, so I've used mm-hmm. those SB11s, right? And I do like them. Unfortunately, any time that you've ever, if you give me an SB11, don't know why, but it's on my tour. When we go by the Owens Thomas house, it explodes. I've went through, <laughs> and they explode. And what, I'm just like literally, like go bang. Huh? Literally explode. So or the just, way that I'm talking about where like there has to be a fuse that blows in it because it literally makes a noise goes and I always bring extra batteries. I'll change them in, put them in. Does it make any sound? I've actually brought it back to the company and like I have like messages from them. They're like, we don't understand why this happened. Like we don't understand why it turns on and it makes no noise and it will literally flash. And it's like 
like literally when it communicates, like the last couple times we've used it, like spirit didn't want to talk. And of course we had people egging it on and then all of a sudden it does that. And I was like, no, I was like, it's doing it again. I was like, it exploded. So must be sevens. I I've used those since I was a kid. Like what? I was like 16 when I first bought some paranormal equipment, didn't uh-huh. know what I was doing, decided to get more into it. Work with some paranormal societies, work with Michael Cook from the TV show, The Alaskan Triangle later on. But like those, those are my tried and true. So I'm like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that's what I use for now. Like I would love to make my own and I've been studying how to do that. And so it's just about me putting wires together. <laughs> like, <laughs> and all it is is two wires switched in the back to scan and sweep extremely fast. You know? Oh so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, as I, I, you know, as I say, it's just a broken radio because that's what it is. The, but mine plays, mine still plays radio stations and I'll give an example. I'm like, listen, I'll turn it right on here. 97.3 music and like it'll literally stop sometimes on music and i'm like it is a radio and i've met oh yeah the, the sp if you turn about the sp7 that will definitely play music because okay. it, you've got to hold the scan the button down does. it's literally just static and i've never i've never used the sp i mean i've i've dismantled an sp11 but um oh have you yeah it, it was one that somebody had that it exploded um, no, it was actually it was it was already dead. It was donated to me um, for for me to vivisect and find out what it was up to and how they done the particular modifications on it. Um, but the SB7 has been oh, it's been around for ages, and well, as you say, um, at least the last fifteen fifteen or more years now. So, yeah. and it's got. The thing about the them though is, do, do you not find that when you're using it on the the tours, um, because certainly if you use them on an investigation, when you know I've been there when they've been used, I've actually you know demonstrated them as well. They make the most irritating. Yes, and so I don't. Which is just infuriating. I'm so I'm so used to it. My father. When he came on one of my tours, because, you know, he, he always loved that stuff. But he's like, God, he's like, I just hate that noise. And I'm mm, like, it, it gets a headache. But what I tend to do is, and I tell people, I'm like, I know this bothers a lot of people. Um, the only thing that I can ever ask of, which to me, it sounds really, really weird. But, like, I will occasionally pick up on voices on the spirit box. I usually use that static white noise, and I'll sit in it. And I'll completely zone out and I will just start talking like I did last night. Didn't hear anything from it. I just said, okay, I'm just going to zone out while you play that. And so when I did, I said, who's, who's Joan? And look over and they're next to me. And the daughter says, this is her. And I said, well, there's somebody who's somebody's dad that's right here that recently died and they're wanting to talk to her. And so when I was talking, I was like, I think it might be your dad and it's her husband. And as we're talking, like we did end up using the spirit box. I didn't hear it, but a couple other people did. I said, well, is there something that you want to say? Cause it ended up actually communicating with them. And I said, who's Danny? And it was the girl's husband and they got along. And so I ended up like saying like his nickname, his name's Danny, but they always called him Don. I was like, who's that? And so 
we go through it and I was like, okay, if you're really here, could you give a sign? Is there something that you want to say to your wife right now? And they all heard like a few other people from the group heard, I love you. And so I said, okay, you know, that's great. But I didn't hear until after the tour, they were talking to me. They're like, listen, she's not a big believer in that, but like you showed her like something. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, cause I do it so much, you know, but from them, they were hearing things now, whether or not like, you know, it's them personally or anything, there was definitely an energy there. And all I do is when I decide to go to any thing with anybody, I literally zone out. I'm one of those people. I'll just like sit there and I'm like, you can either use me or you can use any device. Just let other people like communicate with you. And that's usually what I do where I'm just kind of like a router plug. <laughs> like literally that's how I identify <laughs> myself. I'm just this little router that's just like, all right, you can go ahead and go for it. But there's like a lot of interesting things. I remember there was one time we used the spirit box and we were waiting in line to go into one of the bars so people use the restroom. And when we were outside, they were like, hey, do you think we can try to contact my grandma? I said, well, let's give it a shot. Why not? And so we turned the spirit box on and we're letting it go. And when I was over there, I was like, is so-and-so's grandmother here? And it says, yes. And I said, okay well, could you say your name? And it says door. And I said door. And I was like, and it's a woman's voice. I was like, who's door? And they were like, that's my grandmother's nickname. Her name's Dorothy. And so I said, okay, well, hey door, if it's you, could you say your name? And it actually said Dorothy. And that's when they were actually getting more intrigued for an accurate response. Cause that's what I look for. And then I said, is there something that you want to tell your granddaughter? Because she was wanting to communicate with you. And she's been saying she's been feeling your presence all night. And in the most sincere way, it wasn't even radio. It sounded like an actual full-blown voice that just said, I miss you. And it said it in such a sincere way. Now, we had somebody who contacted their daddy, Levi, as well. And he actually said, I love you and I'm so proud of the family. And so I've heard some things like that. I'm like, you know, a lot of times, like, I feel like we get a lot of duds a lot of times. I, I do tours every single night almost. And so there's some times where there's no activity. But then when somebody's really gung-ho and they're wanting to talk and I'm like, just don't disrespect spirit. Like, Sometimes we get like some really good activity. And I consider paranormal investigation like fishing. Like sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. But when it hits, it hits and it hits hard. And it goes constant. And so, you know, we even have a ghost that smokes on my tour. I know that sounds crazy, but, um, yeah. We well, have a ghost uh, not cig- really. I mean, you know, tobacco, cigarette smoke, pipes, um, they're all commonly reported. So I guess that, There's- you know, ghosts smoke. Well, so a lot of people get blown away where we'll just, I'll open up a fresh pack. Now I don't smoke anymore. Um, I quit smoking for a good while. I actually quit smoking for three years, picked it back up for a year. And now it's been, what, like nine, almost 10 weeks now. It's probably 10 now that I don't smoke. And um, so I didn't do it for a minute, but I decided to bring some cigarettes back up to Tim. And I was like, all right, Tim likes his bourbon. And we usually pour out some bourbon for him and we'll lay a cigarette up on this ledge and we'll give him the butt end on this side. And we just put the cigarette right up to it. And say, hey, Tim, will you pull back on the cigarette? Here's a light. And he'll actually start smoking it. And he'll actually just 
pull back like how you're trying to light up for a friend and he will smoke that entire cigarette all the way down to the butt. And a lot of them have fire safety chemicals in them where they'll uh-huh. go out, go out with a friend. To oh, a yeah. Yeah. When I used to smoke, those, are, those right. American cigarettes with that fire safety self-extinguishing yeah, stuff. Go out. I know it's terrible because like you stop smoking, like, you know, you're in the middle of a conversation. So you don't use it. You don't draw the cigarette. And there's like, oh, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. gone out but a lot of people they'll see that on my tour and we'll have smokers that come on and they're blown away they're like i've never seen a cigarette do this and what i look for is i'll be like hey tim if you're still here can you pull back on that cigarette and he'll actually pull back a nice deep red cherry on it but there was one time where it looked like the cigarette was about to go out like they're like oh it's going out and i was like well tim i was like we're gonna leave if you're not gonna hit it but if you still are here do you mind hitting it again and somebody said that they'll pour out a little bit of their cocktail. And that cigarette literally started spiking back up. And you could tell, like, there was no ember. And it was just literally just the pure smoke. So there's probably, like, a slight ember in it. And I don't know if you remember smoking. You got to puff on them really hard. We do on American ones because they're yeah. crap. Yeah. And you got to puff And this on is the country that invented tobacco, for God's sake. Yeah. But it's one of those things. And, like, it's really fascinating where people are like, I've never seen a ghost smoke. And, like, they're, like, I'm actually sharing a cigarette with a ghost and, like, nobody's going to believe me. I'm, like, he'll let you he'll let you video him. And some people have video of him doing it, but he hates flash photography. Like, if you put, like, the light on, I'm, like, don't worry about that. Just go up to him. No light. Just film him. He'll be fine with it. But he thinks it's impolite if you don't communicate with him. He died of tuberculosis and, you know, he's in his 30s. And, you know, they shocked him from bloodletting to icy cold bass to hot cold bass. And they repeated the cycle. And he just likes his bourbon and the smoke. And he gets upset when you neglect him. And if you don't say hi to him, he's not a one-trick pony. Just communicate with him. He'll actually tell you what kind of cigarettes he likes. <laughs> now, where, where is this smoking ghost with at the, It's actually at the Owens Thomas House here in Savannah. Which um, the Owens Thomas House is known as a self-guided tour museum because it has outside and inside. <laughs> Sorry, slave Bless quarters. You. Thank you. Sorry, it was a mid-sneeze. So it has outside and inside slave quarters. And it's a complete self-guided tour museum that was built in 1819 by William Jay when he was 21. And the first owner is Richard Richardson, which if you know the nickname for Richard, he holds that title not once but yeah. twice in his name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> he had outside and inside quarters. For the Gullah Geechee people. And that's what we like to call them. So they originate from West Africa for the rice plantations. And my God, um, along the East Coast, the Gullah Geechee people have such a huge influence. They had a huge influence when I was a small child growing up. And they helped my family with a lot of things when, you know, we had like weird supernatural things that went on. And so... Well, we're coming to the top of the hour, so I'm going to have to cut in here and get you to, because because there will be an army of people listening to this show going, how can I go on one of these tours next time I'm in Savannah? (laughs) So how can people go on one of your tours? So if they want to, the easiest way, if they go to Google, they can type in the Witching Hour Paranormal Ghost Tour Savannah, Georgia. We pull up everywhere. We're on Instagram, which is The Witching Hour Savannah. We're on Twitter as Witching Hour SAV. 
And then on Facebook, we're the Witching Hour Savannah uh, Witching Hour Paranormal Ghost Tour. And as long as you put in Savannah, Georgia, and Google, we pull right up. There like, you go. So that's all you've got to do then, really. Yep. Just Google Witch Ghost Tours Savannah and just we're go for all it. Mom and Pop Shop. And of course, they can always, you know, reach out to us by our phone number. Go on. You can if you want. All right, cool. And if you ever want to give us a phone call for the Witching Hour Paranormal Ghost Tour, it's at 912-428-4490. And let me just stress, don't phone that from Europe <laughs> or anywhere else in the world or you will be charged a lot of money. Yeah, but they can, always, they can always look us up on social media. Yeah. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Google. And we have so many people that come from different countries on our tour all the time when they come through Savannah. There you go. And it's a lovely city. That's right. Although yeah. I've never been. I, I've seen photographs. We got to get you here, man. We got to get you here. Well, I've been near. I've been near to Savannah. I've but... heard that you got to get here. And so we'll be more than happy to help post up. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe, you should, maybe you should think about doing a Paracon one year. If you I would absolutely love to do that. And um, me and my friends who own an actual ghost coffee shop called Haunted Coffee Grounds, they oh, were talking about like doing something it. like that. Double espresso and ghosts. Oh, man, they're good. Like, they have good baristas. Let There's the see. tunes, and it's time for us to go. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Bridget. We'll Thanks. catch you soon. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.